Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast, a space for those who are healing from complex and developmental trauma. Introducing your host, Monique Coven, a certified trauma recovery coach, survivor, and thriver. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information with insight that can validate, encourage, and support you on your healing journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors and trauma experts, featuring therapists, coaches, and practitioners. We will open up the conversation on effective trauma healing modalities, practices, and tools. If you are interested in trauma recovery coaching, as well as recommended books and healing resources, head over to www.thehealingtraumapodcast.com. And now, here is your host, Monique Coven. On today's episode, I'm joined with Eileen Smith, and Eileen is the author of Moving Beyond Trauma. She's a trauma therapist as well as a somatic experiencing practitioner, and she's been with us before. And this time on the episode, we're going to be focusing more on anxiety and the experience of anxiety. What is it? from a somatic lens. So now, on to the episode. Hi, Eileen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. It's so nice to see you and, and be back with you. It's been It's been a while. It has. It has. And I'm, I love your work. And I Thanks. loved your book, and oh. um, I I wanted to bring you back and talk about uh, continue to talk about healing trauma, of course. But you know, I I'm interested because I think a lot of people are curious about anxiety and trauma, and if there is a difference. So I thought maybe we could talk about that through a somatic lens. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking about you know some people that um, I've talked to that have said, well, I have an anxiety disorder, and they have a history of trauma, and I always take a little gulp when I hear that because, you know, I know when I was searching for what was going on with me a couple decades ago, I, I mean, trauma wasn't even in the language, um, so I was labeled as you have a trauma, you have, excuse me, you have an anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, but now that we have this um, trauma-informed lens, nervous system lens, somatic lens, we know that it's much broader than that, and so this is what I want to bring to you. So what do you have to say about that? I love, I love that we're talking about this today mm -hmm. because... It's such it's such an important topic and I think really feel like it needs to be unpacked in a way people understand it. So when you think about like what is anxiety? Let's see let's just even define what anxiety is, right? Anxiety is a, is a sensory experience in the body, right? People think like it's it's in their head, but it's not. Anxiety is a physical experience that you have when your body doesn't feel safe. And really, the truth of the matter is, is that anxiety is actually a protective mechanism, right? It tells us that there's danger around us and that we have to be on alert. And right, and so that our body, our body then reacts to that. 
The problem is, is that anxiety is often, often occurs. It, it, it does occur because the nervous system is dysregulated and it's sensing danger. And a lot of times when you've had trauma, we're sensing danger when danger is not present. So your body's reacting to a cue that might not necessarily be an accurate cue. Because when we've had trauma or a history of trauma, and I even, the word trauma is, you know, I, we're using it so much today. Let's just say you've had a history of chronic stress. We don't even have to call it trauma, right? Because trauma can be an event. It can be several events. It can be a, a plethora of of things that have happened throughout your childhood. And most of the time we know when you have anxiety, it's often because you have had a lot of chronic stress in your past. So I know I'm going off on a tangent, but this will all, this all, I'm all following make, you. I'm glad you're following me, but it all makes sense. So, so when, so, so the anxiety, right, is just our bodies basically protecting us. And the nervous system, when, when we have trauma, the nervous system, a lot of times we don't sense safety and danger accurately. And hence, we have anxiety because we're sensing danger when danger is not present and then the body's reacting. So from a somatic lens, right, all that, all that anxiety is, is your body's, your body not feeling safe and sensing danger cues that may or may not be there. And so the question really becomes is how do we overcome anxiety through a somatic lens? I think that's an important piece that, you know, we don't talk about enough because everyone is always trying to, when, when you have anxiety, what do you do with it? You basically try to figure out why you're having anxiety rather than being in the what you're experiencing. And the only way to really overcome anxiety is, yes, there's cognitive things that you can do and there's self-talk and all those things are helpful. But the, the reality of it is until you can feel safe in your body and have a better radar for sensing safety and danger accurately, the, the anxiety doesn't get cured. Because you can't, if you think about it, right, it, what what is really going on is that the limbic system, right? The emotional part of the brain is taking over and our executive functioning, higher functioning part of the brain, newer part of the brain, what, what it's doing is it goes offline and the other part of the brain is that is that becomes irrational is hijacking any executive functioning that you have. So in a sense, what we have to do is we have to work with that part of the brain to basically to basically bring our systems back online, to bring the nervous system back into balance, to, to work to, to create that sense of safety. And so through a somatic lens, all it becomes is getting out of the why we're anxious, because that's really a distraction from what, to then being able to be with the what of the experience, the heart palpitations, the, the, but, you know, the feeling in your stomach is being with it and recognizing that you're not going to die from the physical experience that you're having. Yes. I love somatic experiencing and, and other somatic um, places. And, and it's true. I mean, we, we sit and we figure out why we're feeling the way we do or what, what's going on. And it, as we're doing that, those thoughts are just like looping. And then we're feeling more distressed and more anxiety. And I love the way that um, 
somatic uh, therapies or approaches work at, they'll direct you into the sensations. What are you feeling right now? You know, so that you can be with it. Takes you out of the spinning, yes. the, the spiral, the spiral of the you know going into why, that. Why? 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 What's wrong? What's yeah? Why yeah. work? Right, yeah. because that Y vortex really only makes it worse, and and we're so conditioned as a society to try to wrap it up in a bow, figure out what it is, tie it up, and move on. Mm-hmm. But that's not how we heal, right? Healing, healing, healing is a journey, and it's not a one and done, right? It's like it's why you know ten sessions of cognitive behavior therapy don't cure anxiety. They might reduce it for a short period of time, but does it really cure it? No, because you don't, when you don't tap into what the, what's happening in the nervous system and try to learn how to regulate your nervous system, you can't fully heal. And I know that a lot of people, this is a lot of people have difficulty with the idea of, okay, now we're going to learn some regulation so that you can learn to be in your body so you can sense and identify what safety is. They're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're like, they're, 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 they're be- yeah, they're being ruled by, let's get on with it. Like you can hear the activation. No, 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 no. Like faster. Give me, <laughs> yes. Anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. Okay. Give me the quick fix, please. And, and quick fixes don't yeah. work. And you know, we're, but unfortunately, right. We've been conditioned that way. And then, and with, you know, health insurance and how it all goes down, we don't really give people the opportunity and the space to really, to really explore what's happening with the nervous system and really create embodiment. And it's, it's, it's the reason why people and how many yoga teachers do you know that have be, that, that started their yoga journey and taking yoga because they were anxious. Mm-hmm. And be, because what, I mean, which is clearly, it gives us every, it, it tells us everything we need to know that when we can create safe embodiment, we have a better, we have a greater chance of having a more regulated nervous system, a greater chance of being able to sense accurate safety and danger and more capacity to be in our bodies. Yes. And that's at the end of the day, that's in my opinion, that's really the secret sauce. I, I have to agree with you. If you'd like to find out more about trauma recovery coaching with me, you can visit my website at thehealingtraumapodcast.com. There you'll find a variety of ways that we could work together. But let's talk about how trauma, like how does actually experiencing, let's say, developmental trauma impact somebody's ability to cope with anxiety? Versus someone who has anxiety, but hasn't had, they can't identify, um, you know, a, a childhood with trauma or, you know, repetitive trauma. Right. So let's, let's, let's first talk a little bit about, it's a great, it's a great question that you're asking, but let's talk about developmental trauma, what that really is, because developmental trauma and early childhood trauma happen. It's not a one, one experience. Someone with a chronic, just call it a chronic history of stress early in their life. A lot of times that person, in order to be in a relationship with their primary caregiver, in order for them to feel safe, because right, isn't that, isn't that, that a parent's job is to make their child feel safe. 
And if you have a child that feels safe, then what they're able to do in their life is they're able to stay autonomous. They have the capacity to make decisions. They have the capacity to express themselves. They, you know, they have agency. But when you have a, let's just say a prime, let me just use this as an example, a primary caregiver who is emotionally unavailable, who doesn't let a child express who they are, you know, maybe there's the piece of, of a parent saying, you know, don't cry, boys don't cry, be a good girl, all those things. That child is going to disconnect from themselves in order to stay in relationship and be safe with the primary caregiver. So now we have a child who's, who matriculates through and grows up to become an adult that never had a foundation of feeling safe. And that person is, I mean, a million different things can happen, such as they're always, maybe life is going along and things are really good in life, but they're always maybe because of what happened in their childhood and they didn't have a parent who is consistent with emotions. They're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So they don't ever feel that sense of safety because the world can be pulled out from under them at any, any given moment. And so there, so hence you have a nervous system that is dis, is constantly dysregulated and constantly worried that something bad is going to happen. And what that does is it creates all those symptoms we talked about because that person is, is simply just their, the body is it, that, that anxiety is protective, right? Is constantly, it's giving them cues, giving them cues. So they're, they're false cues. They're miss, they're not accurate cues, but those cues are always going to show up. And that's what anxiety really is. So there's that piece, right? And, and it's very, very um, common that when there's been a history of chronic stress and trauma, that a person will either wind up depressed or anxious, right? Because their nervous system's out of balance and that it doesn't really know how to function in, in a way that would um, create a healthy environment. So the other part of it is you were asking about somebody else who doesn't recognize that they had a history of trauma. Right. And so uh, it, it could be a million different things that creates the anxiety. It might be situational. They might have been in a, an adult relationship that wasn't safe and they're trying to recover from that. It could be that they were born in with an anxious nervous system, right? Because we we're all born in with a certain kind of nervous system. And if you're, if you're in utero with a parent who has a lot of anxiety, what's going to happen? Your nervous system is going to develop with a lot more cortisol and, and, you know, those stress hormones are going to be in your body. So it could be that, and maybe sometimes it doesn't show up until there's an event later in life that triggers it. So would you say um, anxiety is, so you wouldn't say that people who have anxiety is necessarily related to the amount of trauma one has experienced? Um, well, you know, it's an interesting question because every, everyone's nervous system is 
different and everyone's capacity for resilience is different and everyone's you know how how safe you are in your current environment is going to impact mm -hmm. how the anxiety shows up how safe you are in past environments mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would i would say this i i like if you dug around enough with someone who's had chronic anxiety mm -hmm. I think they're, or, you know, had a history of general anxiety disorder, or it's showing up as general anxiety disorder. It has to, generally, there's some crack in the foundation somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It may not be obvious, and, and it may, it, but if you go deep enough, you're going to figure it out. But the truth of the matter is, it's not that, it's, it's less important. The history is less important than what to do with it and how to treat it. Yeah. Because right? we we dig around in there, we often create more anxiety. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's what we're talking about. You know, the loop, and then trying to figure out like what happened, what went wrong. Well, I can't think of anything, you know. And then that's in itself creating stress. Um, so I was thinking about you know a common thing that I hear you know from my clients sometimes is specific. Uh, for example, maybe fear of driving on the highway or. Um, yes, yeah, so let's say, let's use that one. Would you use someone who has had, let's say, childhood trauma, would you use the same type of approach, like somatic, feeling safe in your body to, because I know that some approaches, which are not somatic, but they're more exposure. I want to talk a bit about that. Like, what would you, what, what if someone who's afraid of driving on a highway, would you use a somatic approach? Yeah, I would. And what, what I would do, which is different than exposure therapy, is I would resource the person. Was there a time in your life than driving where driving on the highway felt safe? And right, so so, and that's a lot of the work that we do in somatic experiences. So now I can bring that person into the say uh, into a sensory experience of what it felt like when they felt safe. And if they didn't have a, ever have a safe experience, let's say it's a 17 or 18 year old kid that's learning how to drive, what we might do is we might go into the imagery channel. Imagine what it would be like if you felt safe driving on the highway. Where would you want to go, right? So I might bring the, I'd bring them through a whole experience. And, and that, that a lot of times, right? Cause then now I can drop them into that, those channels, right? And they, cause I can drop, drop them into sensation, imagery, behavior, affect, and meaning, which is something in, in somatic work that we call Cybam. And so when, if I can drop someone into all those channels, I have that, you know, I, I help them gain more capacity to build that safe container. Mm -hmm. So even if someone, let's say had, they're afraid of driving on highways because they were in an accident or witnessed an accident. You could still resource them. Resource them. And the, uh, the other thing too, I would certainly resource them, but also let's say there was an, that's a good, a good question that you're asking. Cause let's say there was an accident. What I might do is walk them again through a somatic experience of them being in the accident, but bringing them into a different completion of the accident. So, you know, so we might walk what happened before the accident, but there's a whole protocol in somatic experiencing. So you walk them, you, you know, you, you go through the beginning and eventually you go through the accident and you have them defend themselves in the accident and go through the experience where they can have a sense of mastery over the experience 
And that's what when you get what we call in somatic work, a biological completion. So that because an experience when when you when you can recreate the experience with a different outcome and the person can actually go through the sense sensory piece and feel what it would feel like to have defended themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It changes their relationship to the experience because that's why things become traumatic is when you don't have, when you're not able to defend yourself in the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So the body, the body's survival mechanisms of fight, flight, or freeze will get stuck in the on position. So by going through the experiencing and having that sense of mastery, we turn off that survival yes. physiology. Yeah, that's that's lovely. And I've experienced that myself. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's uh, amazing. And I, 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 it, I've wanted and I've tried to get people on the on the podcast who are in somatic work or somatic experiencing to really talk about that completion part because um, it's really amazing because a lot of times you think that you know how can I how can I feel different? It's it happened a long time ago and it's amazing how even in the present when we bring the body in and do like you said those things that the body wanted to do, needed to do, but didn't get to do. And then you sense into that and feel it and express that, how that really does change how we feel or experience ourselves. We feel more empowered. And I love the word completion. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what it does is it really changes your relationship with the experience. And that's the important part. And so the nervous system, in a sense, gets to have a reset. Wow. I love that. I love that. I think that one of the things, if I would share anything with your listeners, is that anxiety, you don't have to be stuck in the grips of anxiety. There's ways that we're talking about. You can heal from it. Okay. It doesn't have to imprison you because anxiety does imprison you, right? I mean, especially if there's general anxiety disorder. Mm Mm-hmm. People, you know, people get stuck. They don't want to go out. I mean, all sorts of, right. They, they get into different environments and the anxiety is there a big piece of it and a place to just start on your own without even going and getting somatic work is to slow it down and to ask yourself, Hey, to just, rather than being in the why, can I just allow myself to notice what I'm experiencing? That would be some, for example, it might look like something like this, like I notice that my heart is racing and I feel like my heart is going to come out of my chest. I notice that I've got butterflies in my stomach. And then I might, I might encourage your listeners to then just use some grounding techniques. Okay. Simple grounding technique to know that you're safe is to look around your environment and let's just say, pick a color and notice objects of the, those, that, those, that color in the, in the room. And just keep keep orienting yourself to your present environment because because the anxiety is basically your system saying I'm not safe here, right? So if it's too hard, I mean, I just share this. If it's too hard to be in the body, right? If it's too hard for you to feel those sensations, maybe that's step two. Step one is I feel my feet on the ground. I can see all the red objects in the room, and so to really start talking to yourself and orienting yourself to the present environment, just the way animals do, right? What do you think animals are doing all the time? They're orienting, they're looking and they're noticing their environment to make to send safety and danger. 
Yes. You know, if you see that you're safe in the room, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too hard. To, the other piece that is also can be helpful is for someone to find if the and if the, the sensations in the body are too intense, where in your body do you feel less less bad? So notice your feet on the ground. I notice my hands, right? To just be able to know it's basically teaching your body that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because then we also notice that, you know, anxiety, yeah, I feel it in my stomach, but on but my feet, they feel okay. They feel they're grounded on the floor. So it's it's just showing that not all of you is anxious. That's correct. That's yeah. a great way yeah. to put it. Yeah. All right. So I really appreciate um you coming on. And Eileen, can you tell us again the name of your book? So my uh, book is called Moving Beyond Trauma. And it's available on Amazon. And if anyone is interested in following me, I can be reached on on uh, Instagram. And it's the Eileen Smith.com. The Eileen Smith is no.com, but that is my website, Eileen Smith.com. And Eileen is I L E N E. Perfect. Thank you again for coming on.